This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Geno Time Podcast here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We are brought to you by Bet Online. My name is Tom Westerholm. I am a sports writer for Boston.com. I am joined, as always, by Nicole Yang of the Boston Globe. And joining us is a special guest. We actually, we meant to hit up our pal, Sam Sheehan. Accidentally DM'd this guy. We found him on Twitter. He seems great. Uh, Sam Sheehan, NBA. Um, you know, he I didn't read too hire. much. For anybody listening, he is, he is, he is for, for hire. hire. So keep that in mind, everyone who listens to Geno Time, who has uh, job openings available. Sam Sheehan is for hire. Sam Sheehan, NBA, excuse me, is for hire. I didn't go too much into his Twitter profile. I don't know much about him, but like, you know, he seems great. So Sam, I mean, can you kind of introduce yourself and tell us, uh, you know, a little bit about yourself and how you got into this? Yeah, I, oh, it's it's news to me that I, I, I wasn't oh, supposed to be on this podcast. I actually um, texted my estranged wife and let her know that I, I had been connected to one of the top NBA podcasts. So I'm going to have to eat a little crow on that. But um, yeah, I have been covering the league, you know, my whole life. Um, I'm 31 years old. You know, I'm very experienced in all sorts of, you know, communications. I'll do um, typical B reporting. I can do, um, you know, more analytical stuff. Um, and also, you know, I've also written uh, family court beats before because, you know, they are the great undiagnosed danger of our society. So, uh, you know, I, I've, uh, I've taken a lot of heat recently for uh, pointing out that the NBA's handling of the novel coronavirus is something that is ultimately out of their hands. Yeah. So you had a tweet go, I guess, viral. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that and your thoughts? Let me see if I can find the original for people that may have missed it. But you essentially compared how the NBA is handling the coronavirus to going to a movie and the theater catching on fire, I think. Yeah. Yeah. What I had said was that, um, you know, because people have to understand the NBA, this is something this is something that was collectively bargained and agreed upon between the union and the NBA, the league. People have to understand that things are things are moving now. There's no way that the NBA can postpone games. They can't delay a bunch of games. Like something awful could happen. We could be looking at a doomsday scenario where, you know, the NBA playoffs are starting in early May instead of late April. And that's just unacceptable. I, I had pointed this out and I had said that it would be akin to being in a movie theater. And if you had paid for your ticket and then the movie theater caught on fire and you just left. In today's coronavirus times, a lot of people are hard up. No one would actually do that. $13 is a lot of money to a lot of people. And people did not take kindly to that. I kind of thought that Donald Trump leaving office, and not to get political, but just I thought we were putting some of this stuff behind us. But I guess the unruly mob will always come for you. There's just so much polarization. People will take your words out of context. And, you know, they're making it seem like, oh, I'm saying that, like, I would die in a fire for $13. No. I'm saying not all burning buildings are the same. I know a lot of people who have been in burning buildings and have not died. So why, 
it's just things like that. You know what I'm saying? You, you have these bad faith actors who don't want to argue on the internet in good faith. And, you know, just I'm, I'm an MBA reporter. Um, I am for hire. Um, I really desperately need money. Why would I lie about this or, you know, obfuscate the truth about any of this? I, I have no reason to do so. So I, I'm just a little irritated about that. Um, but I'm sorry to hear you guys, um, you know, got the wrong guy. You know, hopefully you guys will actually have me on at some point. I, I am for hire, <laughs> but please <laughs> really use the exposure. <laughs> well, you are you are for hire. You are Sam Shee and NBA. And just to be clear, you see no potential avenue for the NBA to you know shut down and then continue its season at a later date. That's just, I mean, that's a bridge too far, it seems. I mean, think of this, okay? Right now, we're getting a chance to see guys on the deep bench live out their NBA dreams because of all of the positive COVID testing. And these naysayers and these people who want to take victory laps about, oh, you know, this is what happens when you let players with COVID play in games and you don't cancel any of the games. They, they don't really care about that. They just want to take their victory lap and take away hard-earned minutes from guys who have worked their entire lives to be there. I, I personally find that disgusting. And I think that using those players as a shield to dunk on me or whatever the case may be is just is, is repulsive. But I mean, hey, this this is part of the NBA beat, you know, RIP my menchies. You know, I a lot of the, this happens to a lot of the top NBA writers. Lots of low post podcasts start with them complaining about people um, replying to them. So I'm just I'm just doing what the greats do. You you couldn't have put it more perfectly. Uh, he's Sam Sheehan for hire at Sam Sheehan NBA. He's NBA husband, Christian lover of dogs, and would like to remind you all that retweets are not endorsements. Thank you, Sam Sheehan NBA, for being on the pod. And uh, when we come back. Uh, we will be speaking with a totally separate person from Sam Sheehan NBA. All right, guys, welcome back. We are thrilled to reintroduce our good pal, Sam Sheehan, uh, a totally different Sam Sheehan than the previous Sam Sheehan that you just heard. Um, this Sam Sheehan is not for hire. Sam, how you doing, man? Um, good, good. I actually, I, I, I test working. I hate it very much. And, uh, you know, I, I'll never, I'll never work. I'll never work anywhere. Uh, I'm, I'm anti-establishment. Also, if I sound just like that other Sam Sheehan, that's a, that's a coincidence. Well, we're very happy to have you on. Nicole and I were supposed to be recording a pod tonight to uh, talk about the second round of Celtics Heat in the last week. And then Miami had a player return an inconclusive test, which meant that the Miami Heat could not actually field a roster per the NBA's rules, which meant that the game was postponed. So as we sit here on January 10th, Curious what you guys think. It's almost almost exactly, no, it is exactly 10 months since the NBA shut down for four months. Positive tests are cropping up everywhere. The NBA says they prepared for them. Where do you guys land on this? Uh, how, how do you feel the NBA has been doing and, and kind of where things are at right now? Yeah, boy, it sure seems bad to me. Uh, um, even if we just continue, uh, let's keep it contained to the Celtics, just, you know, based on this, because the Celtics have sort of become, along with the Sixers, kind of the, I would say, like patient zero of uh, positive COVID tests. And, you know, someone else could make the case um, about patterns with those teams playing the Washington Wizards right before their COVID tests come up positive. So there's, you know, there's a couple of teams who are clearly compromised. My biggest thing with this is it's sort of showing, it seems like these COVID protocols were in no way up to the task of actually preventing players with COVID from playing in NBA games. That sacrifice was made by virtue of the breakneck schedule, where we're just like, let's hope that this doesn't happen. Because as I understand it, you can contract COVID and not test positive for it 
within like two days. The, with the amount of the way that the games are spaced out currently, obviously it's a breakneck pace in particular with the Celtics. So you have these issues where, you know, people are testing negative, but are clearly been around teammates in contact tracing all of this other things and are out there playing. Like Jason Tatum, I have a very hard time seeing a reality where Jason Tatum had not contracted the virus prior to being out there on the court against the Wizards the other night. And that to me is just, what are the protocols for at that point? Like if something like that happened, that's like the number one thing that's not supposed to happen. And I, we'll, we'll get into this later about the NBA's explanation for uh, 15 minutes and uh, six feet and everything else that goes on with that. But I, I just my my general understanding is this is clearly not contained right now. It's going to get worse. It's going to get a lot worse if they don't immediately take steps to postpone this, get everybody quarantined and restabilize things. But I guess playing games two weeks later in April is not something that's palatable for whatever reason. Yeah. So let's go through Adrian Wojnarowski's story on ESPN, because I feel like that really represents sort of the league's perspective. He starts with this statement from NBA spokesman Mike Bass, who says, we anticipated that there would be game postponements this season and planned the schedule accordingly. There are no plans to pause the season and we will continue to be guided by our medical experts and health and safety protocols. And I guess like, I just am confused because yes, they only released like the first half of the schedule and they anticipated sort of changes. It seemed like they set themselves up to have flexibility, but they aren't engaging in, or they aren't like taking advantage of any of that flexibility. Right. I mean, that's one of the things that really stood out to me. I mean, like Chris Mannix on, on Sports Illustrated wrote a story that where, where he pointed out um, the NBA believes things could get better. The hope, and that's all it is at this point, as I'm quoting his story here, is that the more distance the calendar gets from the holidays, the safer it will be. The increased distribution of a COVID vaccine should progressively reduce the need for contact tracing. And there is optimism that by the spring, vaccines could become available enough that players and coaches could start receiving it. Like, let, like let's just say the NBA shut down for like two weeks. I mean, I think there's a very valid case that maybe it should shut down longer, but like, let's just take the two weeks, right? Maybe let some of these affected players hopefully start to get back to normal. I mean, hopefully, I mean, some of them, it sounds like Jason Tatum reportedly is asymptomatic. If guys are asymptomatic and they can kind of start getting back into things, there's some benefit to that. Like if you take those two weeks, those are just two weeks further away from the holidays. And if, and if the holidays really are sort of this like touch point that you feel like is, you know, kind of a major issue, that to me seems like, you know, a shutdown of two weeks, three weeks, a month, the further you can get away from them. I mean, to me that the better, like as you know, uh, not not to counter Sam Sheehan NBA too much, but if things got into May, it's not the end of the world. If things get into to June, it's not the end of the world. Like the, the season last year went into October. Like, I just don't understand why they can't push it back a little bit if that's really their concern is like a few weeks after the holidays. And I also don't get why they're using like the vaccine as sort of like a carrot on a string because that's not like imminent. That's in no. April. Yeah. If the last thing that I read at least was that the average Massachusetts resident like Tom and I could have access to the vaccine in April. And the NBA has said, I think the last thing they said was that they aren't planning on cutting the line in terms of access to the vaccine. So that would theoretically mean April for the Celtics as well. Like that's well, yeah. and that's at best. Yeah, like that's not like it's not like the vaccine is going to be here by the end of the month or something. So I don't get why they keep referring to like widespread access to the vaccines going to like ameliorate everything like their reasoning doesn't make sense to me. I, to me, again, I, I, my, uh, my my personal belief structure is one where I'm just inherently like a little bit more probably mistrustful of uh, authorities that stand to make money. I think that the NBA earned a lot of goodwill in a past because of how well the bubble went. 
I think they were kind of like feeling their oats a little bit and being like this, okay, we got this figured out. Here's what we, boom, boom, boom. We've got this, this, you know, we've got these weeks and days here. But the, the fact of the matter is, is it wouldn't be possible to get themselves back on a correct schedule and get things back to normal with the type of precautions that would actually guarantee a, a real purposeful mitigation, you know, having having positive COVID players, players with COVID playing in NBA games, which is, while not confirmed, almost certainly something that's happened over the past couple of days. So why, I, I guess what I don't understand here is like, well, I guess I do understand it, is that it was not the top concern. You know what I'm saying? It was more of a, let's cross that bridge when we get to it. And whoops, here's the bridge. Nothing here has worked out. And, you know, we're hopeful that this, this, and that. And we are hopeful that this, this, and that. I don't know. My, my big question remains, like, you know, a two-week to three-week to a month reset to get everybody clean and everybody back on the same page. You can still have an abridged offseason like you just had. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I know the players wouldn't love that. But, you know, if losing the money really is such an existential threat to the league... It's not like that this, if you are truly prioritizing player safety is, you know, something I, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to let, I'm going to let myself drop off. <laughs> I also think in terms of timeline and I'm not defending mm-hmm. what they're doing, but I think they're also working up against the Olympics because yeah. those were postponed to summer 2021. And I think players are still maybe trying to participate. Do you and- think they care about that though? I just don't know that the Olympics are actually something that they're considering, really. I think- don't even know if the Olympics are going to happen. At least when they were talking about, like, restarting the season, it was a topic of discussion. So I, I do think it's on their mind. Like, I think it does matter to some players to be a part of Team USA. But obviously, like, health is the top priority, should be the top priority. But I, I do think that that is a contributing factor to some extent. Yeah, I mean, see, I just wonder if it is, I mean, we know, like, and I know, you know, like some disappointing finishes internationally have made like American players more interested in participating in the Olympics. But I just think like, I mean, you ask any NBA player, like what they, like, if you gave them a truth serum, like, I think every 100% of them would say they care way more about the NBA than the Olympics, you know, like the Olympics are like a a nice thing to add to your resume and like you know you win a couple of gold medals it can help with like no no no, for sure i think this is the league planning i mean it's good it's good for the league but the league is like you know worried about losing money and i just think that that's like priorities one two three four five and six right now for them and i think you know they they started this season (laughs) they started this season right before the holidays which allegedly was the time that they were concerned about and they were still just like well we're going to start it right before there's just kind of all this evidence that like the billion dollars that they think that they saved themselves from losing by starting now instead of starting in mid-January, like that was their number one priority was just, you know, making sure that they didn't lose that billion dollars. I'm like, I truly, that's the thing that's like the most baffling is they could have avoided this by just starting, well, not maybe avoided this entirely, but they could have maybe gotten off to a better start if they just waited. And also they wouldn't be competing with the NFL. It's not even an ideal time for their ratings anyway i don't know yeah yeah i think that i feel like they were just trying to like get the games out the door so to speak fill the season get back on a regular schedule hopefully everything's back to normal where you can have like fans eventually or you know fans in arenas that aren't in florida i don't know i it's hard for me to separate a lot of this stuff out i mean well and also just on top of this if you really want to like even just taking it away like even leaving the moral stuff aside which you obviously shouldn't do like obviously it's completely immoral to somewhat knowingly have your players out there like playing in a high risk situations 
it's also just not good business. Like you don't know what this COVID is going to do to these NBA players. Like you've got probably the most valuable single athletes in the world that aren't playing football. If you want to take a purely financial standpoint, like, like what are you going to do if LeBron James is like contracts COVID and all of a sudden his, he take, there's lung damage and he can't play like these monster 40 minute games that he might need to play for, you know, a Lakers team to have a championship and, you know, like even the reduction all the way down there to just the absolute most frankly evil, but just the most money centric argument, it still doesn't make sense. That being the most cynical take that you could potentially damage your product in terms of, you know, players not being able to play the same way that they could even in that super evil, like totally financially driven take, it's still not a good idea. It just seems insanely risky. And like, I'm really not sure what the league is thinking, especially when there's a clear and obvious answer, which is just to postpone for at least two weeks and get this thing back under control. Right. Like when they looked at the other leagues, what they took from it was, oh, let's forge ahead. And we don't have to actually have any sort of breaks. Like we can definitely complete a season as opposed to seeing how I think at least two NFL players had to completely opt out because they tested positive and were dealing with health problems. And at least one Red Sox pitcher is dealing with like a severe heart condition now because he tested positive. Like they don't look at any of that, but instead they look at, oh, they were able to complete their season. We can do that too. That's my big thing. That's, that's why I hate that statement from the NBA so much is because like, you know, like they said, like we anticipated there would be game postponements this season and plan the season accordingly. And it's like, okay, great. But did you anticipate any of the other stuff that could happen? Like, you know, ask Von Miller, ask Garen Baines, who said like a month after contracting it, that he, you know, hasn't really had a day where he feels good yet. That, that's the thing that I just really don't like about the NBA's kind of stance on this right now. It's just like, well, you know, we, we, we planned for this. We, we, we planned for these scenarios. And it's like, well, so, so you planned for people to get this, like that, that was, this was all part of the plan. Like, I don't think you had a very good plan then, man. And even on top of that, like we're talking about insanely different sports, like baseball, yeah is very much low contact. I mean, you can spread it within the team, but that's something where actually you actually are probably in that window that the CDC was talking about when the NBA was citing that guideline on 50. Like you're, you're, cause people aren't close that often in baseball, maybe the catcher, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and the batter, but like, other than that, that's it. When it comes to the football, you've got a week to test, 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 and for symptoms to show up and for all this stuff to sort of bear out. In the NBA, playing back-to-backs, playing two games a day, you don't have that same time and you've got guys touching each other a lot more and in each other's space. And this is not going to go well if the NBA doesn't do something and make like serious postponements. Like the Washington uh, the Washington Wizards um, plague wagon is heading out to Phoenix. And like, I, I just, I don't know. It, it seems... It seems very preventable and hopefully the league does more stuff like this, you know, Miami Heat postponement, but at the absolute bare minimum, they've got to stop playing the games like right on top of each other. You've got to give at least a three to four day window so you can get this testing done and figure out who has it and appropriately contact trace, not having a negative come up, but it's because they contracted it so recently and then you're, they're out there playing with a contracted thing. I don't know. Seems, seems bad. Seems bad to me. <laughs> I mean, the contact tracing too is just seems very, I'm very skeptical of it. Like how can the whole Celtics team not be quarantining for contact tracing? Like that just doesn't make any sense to me. See, everyone's a lot taller than Carson. So they're, they're not breathing <laughs> at the same level. So he's actually in the clear. 
tacos up above it. So <laughs> it's not on the same like level, you know. That's why all the big guys take it up. Yeah. No, I mean, but exactly though, right? Like, like, okay, how many times did Marcus Smart pass to Tatum? Tatum passed to Smart. Like, like, it's it's kind of it's just inconceivable. And I think you know, to Sam's point too. Like, so okay, like yeah, Seth Curry wasn't playing. Um, you know, he had that sore left ankle and then he, he tests positive and it's like, he was just sitting on the bench and it's like, well, wait, are, are they not getting rapid tests? Why was he on? Like, you couldn't have got him his test a little bit quicker. I don't understand how that could have happened. Like, how was he on the bench? Yeah. And also speaking needless people on the bench, like, I don't get why Kemba Walker went on the trip. I don't get why Kemba sits on the bench. I get that it's good for morale and it's good for him to be involved in those discussions and to be present. But if health is the top priority, all of this inactive players shouldn't be on the bench, in my opinion. Yeah, you can't have everybody like, like the the goal is to have as few people in one place as possible. That's like been the name of the game ever since this COVID stuff started. So and not great. Another line from Woj's story that I was just like, okay, scratching my head at was as difficult as the season's been, the league has still avoided a single widespread outbreak within a team. Well, what would constitute an outbreak if the Celtics doesn't? <laughs> it's like well well you know what happened was we woke up one day they said robert williams tested positive and then suddenly we didn't have a big rotation anymore so i think that counts <laughs> i mean i guess you could make the case that like maybe until the celtics all test positive because right now it's what like we've got two positive tests and uh and, and then we have like you know a bunch of like contact tracings that we've seen so far so like technically maybe that's what he's going for there but like but regardless, I mean, like, it's really a distinction without a difference, like, you know, from, from right. like the Celtics perspective, at least. And like, you know, I, I guess it's not a distinction without a difference if these guys don't test positive and they don't get symptoms. And like, you know, maybe guys who might have had serious symptoms avoid it somehow via contact tracing. You know, regardless, it's, you know. I mean, two out of 17 is also like 12%. Right. Yeah. That's a I, saw, I, saw, I saw Bobby Marks on Twitter saying that to, in the grand scheme of things, like what, 26 of the teams have no COVID, it doesn't make much sense to post the, you know, postpone the season with whatever that works out to being like 12%, only 12% of the league has COVID. And it's like, well, give that four days. <laughs> like if you're going to keep making the teams play each other, like that number is going to change very quickly. Yeah. I, I agree hundred percent. And that's, I think that's the scariest thing, right? Is that like, yeah. I didn't make this joke because I didn't want to get canceled as bad as Sam Sheehan NBA, but like I like that watching Celtics Wizards just it felt like watching the sports version of the Biogen conference. Like you're just like, okay, all like all of these Celtics have probably been exposed to Rob Williams. You know, like sure enough, like, you know, I mean, I don't know if that's where Tatum got it or how that happened, but like, you know, sure enough, like, okay, then positive tests start happening. And then it's like, okay, you get like that awful gif of of Tatum just kind of like, you know, covering his mouth and like whispering something to Brad Beal. And it's like, well, that's you know, that's that's another guy right there. And well, and if, if COVID symptoms, you know, are, if you can't even test positive until like two days after contraction, like, I mean, that's why they're doing quarantining and isolation if they say you've been exposed. Like, you know, this is why this is a thing. And this is, it's just not possible when you're doing a game every two days or back-to-backs and the league is like, got to understand this. And you, you've you got enough players and enough people and enough of a, a thing under control where you can quash this pretty quickly before it gets bad if you just take a two-week pause. You can figure out who has it. You can get people isolated, stop people from touching each other, reconvene two weeks later, away you go. But for whatever reason, it just doesn't seem like that's going to happen. I have a, wait, I have a question for you guys that you might not have the answer to, but 
Why was it that Philly was going to forfeit the game yesterday if they couldn't field their players, but there was a postponement with the Heat's players tonight when they didn't have enough? So the theory that I've seen floated, and I, I have no idea if this is true or not, is that Philly did have the requisite players, and then they pulled two players out, and like they, it seemed like they were pulling them out kind of suspiciously, like like it wasn't for like actual. It was for like injury reasons. Exactly. Right. You know, like it wasn't like a like a league mandated like health and safety protocol thing. It was just like a not enough players type of thing, if that makes sense. It, it, like the heat thing was due to contact tracing. It was just like one person got like, you know, inconclusive test and like everybody's been exposed to that guy. Whereas the Sixers thing was like a couple of guys, you know, resting or, you know, the very reasonable not trying to get COVID thing. Right. Um, That's you know, what like, I'm saying. Because I think it was Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid where the players. Yeah. Were it was. Cold, right. Yeah. Like. So, yeah, <laughs> like, I don't think that that's crazy to not want <laughs> your two franchise players out there on the plague fields. I don't know. It just, it, it like, stuff like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? If a team feels a need to do something like that, that's not a situation that's under control. Even if you put aside, like, the health recommendations and obviously the moral, moral responsibility and things like that, even if you just, like, indulge the league and them wanting to make money and put out a product, like, who's going to watch Celtics Heat yes. when the people playing are Marcus Smart, Jeff Teague, Peyton Pritchard, Tremont Waters, Carson Edwards, Aaron Neesmith, Daniel Tice, and Taco Fall? Like, okay, obviously, well, Celtics fans will Yeah, I was going to say, it. bad example, because Peyton Pritchard puts butts in the seats. Like, so that's just, you know, Fast PP will, will get everyone, everyone. The people love Fast PP. But other than that, God forbid he got into contract tasting. Yes, that's a dead game there's a segment of fans that will watch it and maybe the first time it's sort of the novelty of it but like the product isn't even going to be good right you get a lot of people watching the first quarter and then when the celtics are down by 30 a lot of people tune out but the thing is so and this i mean i don't know this is probably a very cynical take i think that adam silver doesn't necessarily care that much about regular season ratings i think he would take a look at it and be like like whatever who cares man like just get me to the playoffs where we make our actual money get these local TV contracts fulfilled because it's kind of their problem. You know, it's, it's kind of more right. NBC Sports exactly. Boston's problem than it's actually an NBA yes. problem. As long as yeah. NBC Sports keeps pumping the money yeah. in and as long as live sports are still the only thing where ads actually fire for people, then yes, like, you know, yeah. there's still going to be a, there's going to be reason for that. So do you think he cares at all about like competitive integrity? I don't think he does right now. I, right I just think, now. Yeah. you know, and I'm not like saying that Adam Silver just only cares about money. I'm saying that like right now, Adam Silver's well, primary concern. I mean, I'm saying that right now, I think Adam Silver's primary concern is that stuff. I think that like in a normal season, yes, he would probably care about integrity, all that stuff. I think right now he's just trying to like get everything. <laughs> everything. Getting everything squared away. Why wouldn't they postpone two weeks? Like, okay. is it really that much of a hit? You'll right. still fulfill all the contracts. You'll still play out all the games. I just don't get why they wouldn't postpone two weeks. Are they nervous that once they postpone two weeks, they won't be able to restart? Like, I just... I think I think it might be partly that. And I think that they also are worried about setting a precedent because there's also no guarantee this won't happen again. And I think they know that. Oh, like like you said, I think that there there's a lot of uh, very optimistic optimism about when the vaccines are coming and what those are going to do. And I don't think they really believe what they're saying in the, the stories. So I think it's more about just grind this out, man. Like, and you, you know, you have the momentum, you've got the schedule set up. Yeah, I, I think that they're worried about a restart happening. And by the time they get it figured out, 
they're back to not as ext- obviously not as extreme, but a similar situation to what they had before. You're stuck. Like you're 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 stuck rushing through the off season again, and you know, rush to the finish line, yada yada yada. You know, and you're still not back on your regular perfect NBA schedule. So I think that that's their that's their goal. They're not saying it, but this season is very much like a, a squishy like the bubble, a service of just, you know, maintaining the equilibrium and riding the ship and getting things back together. And I think think it's more just about getting these games played so you're not violating your contract with the stations and then you can go to them next year like, yeah, wow, those ratings suck. Anyway, it's going to be a lot better this year. COVID's gone. So. And honestly, he's probably right. The financially, I don't think they're making any mistakes here, quite honestly. It's just like, I think that like from the human perspective, this is like horrific, but we live in America, so that's normal. I don't think the NBA believes a word it's saying about the vaccines, especially when you look at some of these projections where it's like at this rate, you know, every American will be vaccinated or like we'll achieve herd immunity in like seven years, like, or like everybody will be vaccinated in like seven years. Like, yeah, like, of course the NBA isn't looking at that. If they're serious about not jumping the line, and that does seem to be something that Adam Silver is serious about, it actually makes some sense to vaccinate these guys, whatever the bad optics are. Vaccines are going bad, by the way. Just, just steal thirty of them. You like, run into Jalen Brown. They're going in the trash anyway. Like, <laughs> come to our New York hospitals where Andrew Cuomo has herded them all in here, and we're just tossing them out because he's a little sausage-fingered freak. But anyway, all right. Well, I like. I think that's a good place to to kind of wind down here. I did want to ask before we go. Like, I mean, obviously, we're not epidemiologists, or you know, certainly not experts. Uh, well, okay. Shamshi and epidemiology over here is uh, is prepared for this, but um, I did want to ask, like, what, what do we, what do you guys think is like, what makes the most sense? For me, I think it makes the most sense to shut down. I mean, I said two weeks on Twitter, and I got a bunch of pushback of like, oh, what's that going to accomplish? I'm like, yeah, probably nothing, but like, I don't know, man. I'm like, try something. I think it makes the most sense to shut down for a month, let some of these positive tests fall away, try to get some of these guys back in the fold, because I don't think, you know, two weeks with COVID, I don't think you just come out of that, you know, completely ready to hoop immediately. Like, let some of these guys get ready to go, hope that you get a little bit further away from the holidays. You only push back your schedule by a month. It's not that bad. To me, that makes the most sense. I'm curious what you guys think. I mean, if you're talking about morally, <laughs> well, yeah. season gone until till the vaccines are ready but in a realistic perspective where you know all of these you know financial barriers and goals that we think the league may or may not have laid out if i were the league and i ab- absolutely wanted to keep this as short as possible i'd say two weeks just even for the sake of rooting out what's going on with the teams and who has it where because right now you don't know we still don't know i we're gonna find out in like I put hard money down if these games keep going the way that they are, that we're, you know, we're going to get three more. I would, I would bet in the next week, two more teams have, you know, cluster events. And then I would bet it exponentially goes from there. So, you know, where they're all going to be looking like the Sixers and the heat and the Celtics here in a couple of weeks. So at least if you do a two week break like that, you get things settled, you figure out who's infected and who's not, and you can game plan from there. And then, away you go. Now you know who has it for sure and who doesn't, and you can safely restart. I think that's the quickest way that's feasible. It's definitely not a good idea to keep pushing through as the league sort of seems to be insistent on doing. Yeah. I mean, the season clearly shouldn't have started. It should have started for a variety of reasons. I guess a month makes the most sense, but I don't see them stopping really, unless all of a sudden, which I'm not ruling it out, a dozen teams have less than eight active players and they just have to postpone a bunch of games, then maybe they'll really think about it, but I don't know. 
All right, guys. Well, we will leave it there. Uh, make sure you follow uh, at CM Sheehan NBA on Twitter. Um, and then you can also follow the completely other Sam Sheehan as well. Feel free to DM us questions, comments, concerns, and we will talk to you all soon. For the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them, we are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com slash safety, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.